Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast brought to you by Wharton Fintech. I'm Faye. I'm one of the co-directors of content for Wharton Fintech. And today, I'm excited to have with me one of my longtime friends, Abby Chow. Abby is the co-founder and COO of College Backer, an online service that makes saving for college simple, smart, and social. College Backer helps parents open a tax-advantaged 529 college savings plan in minutes, and then they can invite family and friends to contribute. Plus, with their new feature, College Backer Gifts, anyone can kickstart a child's college fund. Prior to launching College Backer, Abby worked at McKinsey & Company and Goldman Sachs. So, Abby, thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you about College Backer and some of your experience transitioning from professional services into startup world. But before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah, absolutely. First off, um, thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. Really excited to chat with you today, Faye. Um, I originally am from the Chicago suburbs. Uh, you know, grew up um, grew up in the Chicago suburbs, and then moved out to California for school. Studied business uh, at USC, and was really focused on business for most of my career. You know, as you mentioned already, um, I started at Goldman Sachs doing technology, media, and telecom investment banking before jumping over to McKinsey where I focused on financial services, tech, and retail. Um, but while I was at McKinsey, you know, I had the opportunity to spend a year specifically focused on education, um, and that was something that I personally was just really passionate about as well. And that's when I learned a lot about you know, our K-12 through and higher education systems, realized how much higher education financing in particular is broken, um, and then was lucky enough to meet my co-founder, Jordan, um, who already had the idea for College Backer. And real, I immediately realized that this was you know, a huge opportunity to impact millions of families across the country and, and solve something that I think is really pretty broken, and, and we can talk about that. Um, and I've been on this College Backer journey ever since. Definitely want to probe into your experience at McKinsey, uh, but first, you know, let's really focus on the current company, College Backer. So, you know, many of us here at Wharton probably have dealt with student loans for a large amount of time, but um, not so much the college savings side. So for someone who's never really had experience in college savings, break it down for me, like how does College Backer work and who's your typical user? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're not a parent, there's a pretty li high likelihood that you've never heard of a 529 plan. And even if you are a parent, um, it's very likely that you've never heard of a 529 plan. Um, in fact, 70% of parents don't know what a 529 plan is. But if you ask any financial advisor, uh, they will pretty much universally tell you that if you are saving for college, this is by and far the best way to do so. So you can think of it as basically like a Roth IRA, but for college. So it's a tax advantage tool. The growth is completely tax-free. The withdrawals are tax-free as long as you use them for higher education. Um, and they're pretty flexible as well. I won't go into all of the rules here, but suffice to say that for almost every family that is focused on saving for college, a 529 is the best way to do so. Um, but the problem is, you know, as I mentioned, nobody really knows about it. And when you do start researching it, it immediately becomes extremely confusing from a consumer perspective. So every state actually has their own 529 plan. Financial advisors can also offer their own 529 plan. And so if you're a new parent, uh, it's just a huge hot mess, essentially, if you start trying to research it. You have over 100 different options, and it can be incredibly confusing. And especially if you're a new parent, right, you've 
you're trying to take care of a new human being that you've brought into the world, uh, nobody has time to basically sit around and do the hours of research to figure out which 529 plan would be best. And, you know, I'm sure that the listeners to this podcast are pretty financially savvy, um, but for the typical parent, you know, figuring out for the first time which portfolio recommendation they should choose or whatnot um, just can be really daunting. And so as a result, um, this is one of the stats that I found particularly stunning. Um, There are about $1 trillion held in college savings, but the overwhelming majority of that, around 70%, is actually held in checking and savings accounts, which means, you know, it's obviously uh, not keeping up with the rising cost of college uh, and barely making any uh, headway at all, right? You're, you're essentially losing money in that vehicle. So for College Backer, what we try to do is just make the entire experience really simple and actually pretty fun and empowering. So when you, when you as a parent go to collegebacker.com, you give us a little bit of information about you and your family, and then we immediately guide you towards a fantastic 529 plan and a specific portfolio within that plan. Um, so it's typically just you know an age-based, passively invested fund, um, you know lots of Vanguard uh, stocks or Vanguard funds behind that. Sort of the thing that most savvy folks would would eventually choose for themselves anyway. But we just make that a super seamless process that just takes a few minutes um, to get in there, and then. Most importantly, we actually help you save more by making it really easy to invite family and friends. So we'll give you a custom link that would be collegebacker.com slash Abby or your kid's name, and then you can pass it around at holidays or birthday parties or whatever um, to get folks to contribute directly into your college fund instead of you know, filling your closet with more unwanted toys or like clothes that will be outgrown and all of that stuff. Um, so ultimately, we're helping families get started saving for college, and then actually save more with these um, gifts from family and friends. And so what we found in terms of, um, I know you asked about the typical user, um, our typical client is you know, a millennial parent who uh, often has had their own experience with student loans um, and is like, oh my God, student loans are terrible. Um, I'm probably still paying them off. Uh, but I want to make sure that my kid doesn't have the same fate that I did. And, you know, I'm going to save as much as I can on my own, but I also realize that there are all these people around me that want to help my child avoid <laughs> the same fate of student loans. Um, and I can use that as a tool to, to help me save for college and get a jump start, even, you know, when my own budgets are tight. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure many of our listeners are wishing that College Backer had existed back when we were kids, but um, sounds. <laughs> Totally logical to me. Sounds like something that a lot of new parents can take advantage of. Um, So, you know, here at Wharton, we talked a lot about blockchain or lending or insure tech um, over the course of the year. So when you and your co-founder Jordan set out on this journey, I know you mentioned that Jordan already had this idea kind of bubbling in his mind. How did you guys land on the college savings space and commit to it versus all the other spaces in fintech that have been blowing up in the past few years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it all really started from personal experience, essentially. So Jordan um, was starting to reach the age where a lot of his friends were having kids. And, you know, he is a really smart guy that went to great universities. And his peer set was um, other really smart folks who um, had the education and background to Uh, basically be the folks that you would think would have all of the college savings stuff figured out. Um, But ultimately, he often realized when talking to them that, 
you know, even they didn't know what a 529 was or um, they, they hadn't started saving because it was too confusing and too complex and they didn't have time to um, go and figure out 529s and do all of that research. And so what he really wanted to be able to do was to send a gift um, to help his friends get the right start um, and just start saving even though um, even though they were really busy and had a lot of other things on their mind. But that didn't exist yet. You know, we, we see that today there are all these other tools for saving um, or investing like Acorns or Stash or whatever, um, but there was nothing at the time um, around college savings. And so from my perspective, you know, I came from um, McKinsey where I was looking at edu- the education system as a whole, and I just realized that, you know, this is a massive uh, challenge that basically every parent in America is facing, um, and yet there is no real technology-enabled modern solution. And so if you think about um, broadly the, the things that people care about saving for, um, first, there are a lot of people who you know, are saving for their retirement, of course. Second, you might be saving for a home. Uh, but then third is really college, and that's uh, you know, one of the biggest and most important things that people are saving for today. But the tools uh, are just totally underutilized or not available. Um, so, you know, the 529 has been around for a little while, but nobody knows about it, and there are no real technology tools to help you get there. And this is becoming a, a larger and larger problem, right, with the rising cost of college. And never before has there been a generation of parents um, that are so conscious about the cost of college and so willing to. Um, work together socially with their friends and family in order to save for college. So today, around 80% of new parents are millennials, and you know the average college graduate is graduating with something like $37,000 in debt. Um, so it's hanging over them for decades. So for the first time, you know we have an entire generation of parents that uh, is really, really focused on. Um, on the idea of educational savings, and three times more likely than um, you know other uh, three times more likely than prior generations to feel comfortable getting family and friends involved with saving for college. Yep, definitely. And you mentioned uh, this idea stemming from personal experience, and I'm sure a lot of the the facts that you've been um, talking about, a lot of people that are you know around our age, millennials, can relate. Um, but having something that's coming from personal experience in class, we learn a lot about how we test and vet new ideas and make sure we're avoiding groupthink. When you guys started on this journey and started doing some research um, around your end consumer and how they view college savings, was there anything that really stood out to you or was surprising to you that maybe um, you guys couldn't relate to based on your own personal experience? Um, I think that there were a lot of uh, surprising things that came out of all the, you know, user studies and conversations and things that we did. Um, I think probably the the most surprising thing that I, you know, continue to um, learn about and have learned about before uh, starting College Backer as well is just the wide range of different attitudes and relationships that people have with money uh, and with, you know, their their family and friends. So, you know, in our user studies, we would see everything from people who were super enthusiastic about an idea like College Backer and couldn't wait to um, plaster it all over Facebook and Twitter and, you know, 
share with everybody that, who they knew. Um, and then other folks who, um, you know, at first really wanted to vet the service on their own, use it uh, basically um, as an individual um, for several months before venturing out to share it with um, friends or family members. Um, and then there's a, a wide range, too, about how people think about um, how much to save for college or planning for college. And so um, there are folks that are just ready to dive in. Um, and then, of course, there are folks who have a lot of questions that want to be able to vet everything and so on. And so I think being able to design a product that um, is really easy for the average consumer but also has um, you know, the, the robustness to be able to answer all of those lingering questions for somebody who might not um, be willing to immediately dive in and might be interested in a little bit more of the educational component was definitely a design challenge that we um, had to deal with uh, as we were going through. And you know, from my personal experience, I came from a finance background and all this stuff was very familiar to me, right? But for most families, um, you know, they don't grow up playing with the stock market. Um, and so they, they do want, you know, just the right amount of information, essentially. Okay. So, Abby, I think that was a really valid point you made about designing a product to serve um, a wide range of customer needs and how customers really need to build trust or understand a financial product. And so along those lines, how has technology enabled College Backer to thrive, and how have you guys used technology in your product? Yeah, so technology, of course, is um, front and center in our product, and it's the way that we're able to scalably serve so many different families. Um, so if you look at the industry today, the way that most people um, get a 529 is either through a financial advisor, so of course that's an individual person who is making a recommendation to you and your family um, for a specific product, or uh, through a state-sponsored 529 plan. So um, that would mean going to, for example, um, the website that is run by the state of California that provides the California State 529 plan. And that um, experience from a user perspective generally can be very confusing because there's you know, a really long and intimidating sign-up process that doesn't really provide any guidance um, for which portfolio I should choose or how I should think about how much to save or anything like that. Um, so, with College Backer, we've really tried to use technology to make the entire process much smoother and easier for the consumer. So um, when you go to collegebacker.com, you do put in a little bit of information about you and your family, and then we can immediately um, offer a recommendation to you based on our research um, and a little bit of the information that you've provided um, for a specific 529 plan that makes sense for you. We also can provide you with you know, personalized calculators that help you understand how much college might cost in the future, how much you should, um, you should expect to save in order to reach whatever your goal is. Uh, and then we also use technology to make it much easier for other people to send gifts into the fund, right? So um, today, if you do want to contribute to somebody else's 529, even though the rules say that that is perfectly allowed, um, usually what you need to do is actually write a paper check and mail it in to the 529 institution with the account number or the beneficiary name or, or specific details like that. And if you think about, you know, imagine going to your friend's kid's birthday party and you've forgotten to get a gift. Are you really going to, you know, text that person and say, hey, 
like, have you started saving for your kids' college yet? And if you have, do you mind sending me the account number and mailing address for uh, the 529 plan that you've set up? Um, in contrast, with College Backer, we've found a way to make it really easy to make that contribution directly into the fund, and we even uh, support credit and debit card, which is entirely new for the 529 industry, as difficult as that may be to believe. Um, so for us, it's all been about using technology to modernize the experience um, and give you the personal tools to be able to you know, find the right way to save and um, find ways to save more with, with family and friends. Okay, great. Um, so it, I've definitely learned a lot about College Backer even uh, just on this podcast, but um, one question about the college saving space in general before we switch gears and talk a little bit about your personal experience transitioning into startup world, um, what, what are the biggest changes you hope to see in the next two to three years in the college saving space? Yeah, so um, for me, it really is mostly about um, modernization of the entire experience because as we've already discussed, there's been quite a lot um, that is currently antiquated about that experience. And as a result, I think you know there are millions of families out there, particularly the middle class um, families, that are missing out on this amazing benefit because it's just been so difficult for them to be able to take advantage of it. Um, aside from that, you know, I would love to see more um, flexibility built into the 529 plan. So already today, it's, it's a pretty flexible tool and that um, it can be used for higher education of all stripes. So, you know, undergrad, graduate, community college, even some trade schools, um, you know, room board, all of these different categories of spend as well. Um, recently, it was expanded to K-12 uh, private tuition too. Um, but I think that continuing to recognize that higher education is taking many different forms these days, I think um, would be really helpful for the, the world of higher education financing. So, you know, if we were able to use 529 funds for uh, the coding bootcamp or whatever, um, I think that would be an exciting development as well. But for me, um, the, the biggest thing is just making sure that these financial tools are meeting families where they are. Um, and instead of having really con convoluted and intimidating processes, making, um, making them available and accessible uh, to every family in America. Yep, cool. So it really sounds like College Backer um, is not only a great fintech company, but is helping promote this notion of financial inclusion and helping educate the greater population about all the different financing options they have out there, um, which is awesome. Um, Next question for you is, as a co-founder and COO of a startup, what are your biggest worries right now and what really keeps you up at night? Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, as, as a startup founder, I think the biggest priority for us is always just supporting our, our continued growth and scaling our growth. Um, so, you know, we are always looking for different ways to reach new audiences, um, particularly those, those middle-class families that I mentioned. And then coming with that, there are always issues around um, you know, building the technology, building the, the product, building the team in order to support that. And particularly as um, you know, somebody who's innovating in the financial services space, um, we have to be really cognizant about the way that we do that um, in, 
with a small team in a way that is completely, you know, regulatorily compliant, that is providing the right amount of information to all of the different parties that we're working with, particularly our consumers, of course. And so I think that um, is always just uh, something that's, that's on my mind, and I um, am always thinking about different ways to reach new um, pockets of consumers and deliver, you know, the right messages to them and the right education about college savings. Got it. Um, so I guess along those lines of challenges, as a former consultant, uh, what skills from consulting really helped you become an entrepreneur, and what skills did you have to build along the way once you started College Backer? Yeah, so um, I had a phenomenal experience as a consultant, and I do think that it's really helped me um, with what I'm doing now. Um, I would say that there are two main things that really stand out in terms of like skills uh, that carry over. And the first is more general, frankly. It's just having the appetite to learn new things really quickly and scale those learning curves. So, of course, as a consultant, you're constantly being thrown into new industries or new functional areas, and you need to very quickly become productive um, on that topic. Um, and so similarly, here, you know, it's constantly, um, there's, there are so many different things that, um, you know, you will need to learn how to do as a founder particularly, and most of them you're not going to be good at right away. And so having that ability to scale learning curves quickly is, is just really, really important. Um, and the second thing is actually being a great communicator. So I would say that in consulting, you're, you're very well trained to communicate to um, you know, executive teams and within your team and all that good stuff. As a founder, uh, you suddenly have to communicate your vision and your mission to a huge variety of different audiences, whether it's a consumer, it's a partner, an investor, a potential employee, like all of these different people require um, potentially different kinds of messaging and you need to find the right ways to, to do that at a really fast clip. You know, I'm constantly every single day telling somebody new about the vision and mission of College Backer. And so that uh, has also been a really valuable skill set. Um, but as for the skills that I had to build, I mean, there's so many different things, right? So um, everything from running specific marketing campaigns to recruiting to enlisting new partners to understanding more of the tech stack, um, understanding the regulatory environment. Um, there's just been a ton, of, uh, a ton of different learning that you've got to be ready to do. Wow, okay. So it sounds like, you know, consulting, great experience, um, set you up pretty well, but a lot of the stuff you just kind of have to learn as you go, and entrepreneurship is all about thinking on your feet, which I know you're excellent at. Um, so it sounds like it's been a great experience so far. And um, another question geared more towards MBAs is uh, you're now kind of on the other end of the table where you're starting to hire people. Um, so what do you look for when you're hiring? Yeah, so um, I would say I would boil it down to two things. Um, one is, of course, you have to be able to um, hit the ground running with specific skills that are complementary to uh, what our team currently has. So, you know, if we need, uh, if within our team I look around and see that we need a design skill set and we just don't have it, then obviously that's going to be one thing that makes a particular candidate really attractive to um, potentially bring in the college backer and you need to be, you know, an A-plus player um, in that particular skill. 
But secondly, um, I think there has to be a really strong component of uh, excitement about the mission such that you are willing to be flexible around all of the different things that you're ultimately going to have to do. So even if I bring you in to you know, help with design, if you believe in the vision of College Backer, um, maybe you find out that actually um, you also have some skill and talent in something else in you know, writing or something, uh, writing copy for uh, the different creative campaigns or, or the different content campaigns that uh, we have going on. And you're ultimately just going to have to wear a lot of different hats um, and having the conviction in, um, in the mission and being able to be a team player and um, you know, roll with all the different functions that you're going to have to end up working in um, is something that I, I definitely look for. And having that you know, uh, intellectual creativity, I would say, in order to problem solve on a lot of different dimensions, um, even beyond what you, would, you might see as your core function. Yep, cool. Um, so, you know, today we covered a lot about college savings and also about entrepreneurship. So uh, last question for today is just in general, what advice do you have for MBAs who want to be entrepreneurs in FinTech? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, I would say go for it. <laughs> I think um, there's a ton of opportunity right now in order to, um, you know, make big moves and, and change the way that financial services um, works for the better. And there's just tons of different opportunities out there. And you've listed some of the, the categories um, on this podcast already. Um, but then the, the second thing that I would say is uh, to, to make sure you're on the right side of it. And so there are potentially a, different, a few different interpretations of that. And what I, when I say that, I mean um, you know, making sure that you're minding all of your regulatory obligations, making sure that you're treating consumers really well, making sure that you are using your entrepreneurial talent um, to build the world that you want to live in, right? And I think it can be really easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a scrappy startup, um, and I'm just going to cut corners here and there. And I think in some places that makes sense, you know, if you're just trying to be creative and get something out the door to, um, you know, test and learn, I think that's awesome and fantastic. Um, but it is really important to make sure, particularly in financial services, that you're always um, you're always on the right side of it, essentially. Yep, great point there. Um, I'm actually taking legal studies right now, and that's something that <laughs> we talk about a lot is where can you maybe save an extra dollar or two or do something faster, but at what cost is that decision? Um, so all great advice. So um, Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. I certainly learned a lot. I hope our listeners did too. And I know that you also had um, an offer that you wanted to share for our listeners out there who might be interested in trying College Backer out. So um, now would be a great time to share that. Yeah, so if anybody would like to take College Backer for a spin, I would love for you to go to collegebacker.com slash Wharton. Um, and we've got a special offer for you. So if you're a parent and you decide to sign up for your child, um, we'll go ahead and match the first $25 that you put into the fund. So go to collegebacker.com slash Wharton, set up a college fund, make a contribution, and we'll match the first 25 And then even if you're not a parent and you know somebody um, who is or, or you have a niece or nephew that you want to help along the college savings journey, um, you too can go to collegebacker.com slash Wharton and um, just go, go through the spend a gift, and you can send a College Backer gift to anyone, um, even if they haven't signed up for College Backer yet, 
and we'll match 25 on that as well. So um, if you go to collegebacker.com slash Wharton, we'll match the first $25 either to your own kids' fund or to somebody else um, who you send a gift to. Okay, awesome. Um, I will definitely check that out right after this podcast, and hopefully our listeners out there will as well. So, um, Abby, thanks again for being on with us today. Sounds like there's a lot of exciting things going on for you and College Backer. Um, Hope to have you back next year to see what progress you've made and um, what's come up since then. But for now, um, I think we can call it a day. Awesome. Thank you, Faye. It was so fun to be part of your podcast today.